The promise from the European Union was not delivered. You already lost your biggest bargaining chip, the country's name change. We believe very much in European values. Fighting against corruption is everyday present here. This week on Conflict Zone, I am joined from Skopje by Zoran Zaev, Prime Minister of North Macedonia. He came to power four years ago with a pro-EU reform agenda and a promise to clean up a decade of corruption under his right-wing predecessor. Since then, his small Western Balkan country has made major concessions, including changing its name in order to secure NATO membership and appease EU member states such as Greece. But despite this, EU accession talks remain blocked, this time by once friendly neighbor, Bulgaria. How many more concessions will he have to make? And will he be able to deliver the results he once promised? Prime Minister Zaev, welcome to Conflict Zone. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. It's a great pleasure for me to participate. North Macedonia's accession talks with the EU remain blocked, and you already lost your biggest bargaining chip. The country's name change. Do you accept that your bid for EU membership might not become a reality? You know, the main issue for us is Europeanization of North Macedonia. It's not only the membership. And because of that, we are completely dedicated even after 16 and a half years waiting like candidate country because since 2005 we became candidate country and 16 and a half year we wait only next step next step so we are aware that we will need it five seven ten years 15 years who knows when we will be ready or european union will be ready but but for the next step i think uh, we deserve because uh, european union need to fulfill all promises we are really one of the kind positive example here in the southeastern european continent and it's been a lot of steps it's it's been actually um a difficult journey so far with a lot of stumbling blocks still ahead france originally blocked expansion of the union then the dispute with greece prevented progress now you have once friendly bulgaria blocking your path the question here is should you have gotten a more comprehensive deal or guarantees from eu member states from the beginning before changing your country's name you know, the slow process of making decisions and uh, this consensual needs for decisions are a big problem because we are not uh, famous through agreement with Bulgaria and agreement with Greece that through the dialogue and diplomacy we can solve the issues like a 30-year-long issue, this name dispute between North Macedonia and Greece. And we show to the world that there is a lot of European manner and European behave here in the southeastern Europe and even from candidate countries like North Macedonia. But also we are one of the very rare multi-ethnical and multi-religion functional democracy with a, a huge example against all these ideas of ethnical borders, etc. But uh, finally, the Bulgaria uh, became a problem for our integration. And I believe very much that as soon as possible that Bulgaria uh, Pre, uh, confirm the, the parliament and uh, choose political government, there is a possibility for a solution. Let's talk about the possibility for a solution, in fact, because you recently said about the dispute with Bulgaria over language and history, we have to mention, and I'm quoting you here, um, you said, we will find a solution immediately after the elections because it is a ridiculous problem. The elections are over now. When will we see that solution? How long? 
by the Bulgarian constitution, they need 20 to 30 days to choose the government in the parliament. So they are in the process of negotiating for preparing political government. After second uh, elections, uh, who was finished in 11 of July. So we believe till end of this month that the Bulgaria, our uh, eastern neighbor, will have a government because we need to continue to talk with the government beside the president of the country, because that is the matter under competence of the government, because they participate in the European Council where we needed finding solution. But Mr. Prime Minister, you know, the, the question is, I mean, you were speaking to a group of Atlanticists and you, and you made this promise, we will find a solution immediately after the elections. And I'd just like to ask you if that optimism is indeed warranted, where you get the grounds for that. Politicians in Bulgaria, for example, including both the current president and the leader of the opposition say that they will not budge on their position. There's also no public appetite to do so. According to recent polls of Bulgarians, 80% of the public say that they should hold steadfast to their position. Can you really be optimistic? I'm optimistic because uh, during the, our last visit in 17 of June, we meet with all officials in Bulgaria, with the president, with the prime minister, ministers, and we address all necessary open issues with a solution. And there was a complete confirmation connecting with that. But remain uh, the, the necessary of uh, political government in, in Bulgaria. Because of that, I'm optimistic connecting with that. We're continuing to be completely friendly oriented because we are first neighbors. And normally we need uh, to, to preserve a better future for our young people, not uh, to uh, uh, make it wrong in this direction. So I believe very much that after the new government, it's possible for a solution. Okay. Um, you know, 7%, though, of your public say that you are, are not the ones who should compromise. So um, just to be clear on that, and I'd like to ask you, um, you know, how it is that you're going to move forward now, because the Bulgarians also don't seem as if they want to compromise. And as we mentioned earlier, you already expended a lot of political capital when you agreed to rename your country back in 2018. Um, do you think pushing the country's name change through back then, even though the national referendum did not meet the necessary uh, participation threshold at that time, has inspired citizens to the democratic process in your country, has inspired your EU reform agenda? I believe very much because of the European future of our citizens and our country, I still have a second time uh, the honor to lead the country after the changing of the name of the country through very substantial negotiations. And the problem was a 27 year old problem. We have a referendum in our country. We have 130 day debate in our parliament through the two third majority, three times voting in the parliament to change constitution because of changing constitutional name. And the main um, stuck, the main hope for that was our European Union future. Of course, and also our second goal, and that is fulfilled now, to be full member of NATO. Now we are 30th member of NATO. But the promise from European Union was not delivered because there was officially promised 
to our citizens. If we go through this process, there will be a world, our European Union future, normally through the chapters, now through the, through the clusters, and we're continuing in this direction. But disappointment now is very high. Yeah, but, but with, you know, with the current situation that you are facing, the one that you've just articulated, um, you know, it has to be mentioned that when you change the country's name, um, you know, you now have about 40 percent of the population saying that that agreement was, in fact, harmful to the country. Um, you also have just half of your population now saying that democracy is the best form of government for the country. So it, it really seems that there is this rising skepticism, in fact, um, about the path and the way that you've been trying to push this path forward. Do you think that this is a good basis for ongoing accession talks with the EU? The fact that your public is, is growing more skeptical that the accession will even happen? No, there is no alternative for us. Then, unique alternative, that is European Union uh, membership of North Macedonia. Uh, and the path of uh, Europeanization of our country is uh, the most precious, most important for all our citizens. We and other Western Balkan countries are like island inside of European Union. We are surrounded completely by European Union member countries. And at the end of the day, we want to go and someday to be uh, full members of European Union. And that is not because we choose to go in European Union, that is because of values. We believe very much in European values. You know, there is a lot of other interests here in the Southeastern Europe and in the Balkans, from Russia, from China, from the rest of the world, but they doesn't, they doesn't offer values, democratic values, they doesn't offer European values. But the point is, you know, how, how um, fragile is the country's current window of opportunity um, when it comes to EU accession and, and, and the, the opportunity, what your public is telling you, in fact, because, um, you know, the Western Balkans is, are being viewed by many as of strategic importance, as you've also articulated. International partners are concerned about the growing influence of China and Russia, for example. We're seeing this now currently um, with vaccine distribution in your country as well. Are they right to be concerned, your international partners? Of course, I believe very much, not because mainly of the interests of the third side countries, not because of sometimes European Union doesn't deliver, but, <clears throat> but mainly because Balkans has very bad history. Connecting with that history that was not happened 50 years ago or a century ago. It's happened 10, 12, uh, 12, 10, 20 years ago. Now the children of the victims of all these wars and all these conflicts in the Balkans grow up. And only European Union future lead all of us with hope that there will be more and more Europeanization in our country, more and more ruling of law, more and more good health system, European education system, good economic situation in the country, and that as for us, Europeanization of our country, more European standards here in North Macedonia. That leads us. Postponing that motivation, it became a dangerous for the whole Western Balkan countries, also for North Macedonia. How deep is that sense of solidarity that you have? Um, your accession talks are currently linked with Albania's. Their membership path is now also blocked because of your dispute with Bulgaria. The EU's enlargement commissioner um, said recently, suggested recently in May, that the countries could be de decoupled. Is that acceptable to you? Wouldn't that only help Albania's cause? Every country deserves own merit system.
and really I wish luck to our uh, Western neighbors, Albania, to continuing with the path if there is a uh, possibility to continuing blockage from Bulgaria. Normally, our neighbors deserve to continuing uh, own European path, and there is no need to be connected with other countries. Now, in the practical reasons, European Union connected Albania with North Macedonia because two years ago, also North Macedonia was connected with Albania, oppositely. And uh, having that in mind, they believe very much that the decision from European Council will be more easier for both countries than separate one by one. But of course, if it uh, doesn't happen unblockage from the Bulgaria, I wish uh, all success and luck for Albania. Mr. Prime Minister, I'd like to move on. Um, you came to power with the expectation that you would tackle the problem of corruption. It's now more than four years since your first government was installed. And last year, North Macedonia slipped to its lowest ranking ever on the Transparency International Corruption Perception Index. How do you explain that? Okay, that means that our society is open completely, so the citizens doesn't afraid anymore to comment publicly everything what's happening in our country. Uh, the general investigations of the trans transparency, transparency International was made during the big uh, pandemic impact in the society, where all the businesses was stopped, and they check it directly through one chamber of commerce uh, here in North Macedonia how they. I expect uh, the, the situation of the uh, fight against corruption and organized crime. So one of the main focus of the government is to use all international successful tools for fighting uh, crime and corruption. And we have very good results. Only this report was really bad for us. But we take it completely to learn from that. And we you go say, step by step right. from this. You say this you have report. good results. You, have, you say you have good results. But, you know, uh, people are waiting to see what the fruits of those results are. The European Commission says that you are moderately prepared when it comes to corruption, a more proactive approach is required. Greco, the Council of Europe's anti-corruption body, says that some recommendations have not or have not been satisfactorily um, adopted. So there is work to be done. And in particular, when it comes to impunity for corruption at the highest levels, it remains a problem in your country. No senior politician Again, no senior politician has been brought to justice and held accountable. Transparency says they all seem to enjoy impunity due to a culture of political protectionism and party control. Do they have a point? I don't know since where or from where you, you read the, this report, because we have more than five senior polit politicians who are in prison with the final decisions by the court that mean prime court and uh, appeal court. That is final. And they are serving own detention and our penalties for that. The big success comparing uh, four years ago till now, is very visible in a variety of way. Uh, every citizens can follow the money spending. All procurement procedures must be announced before, before signing of the agreement and start working. The quote the about no senior politician actually being brought to justice, that came from your president. He said it in October of 2020. So, I mean, that seems to be at least the perception among some uh, within your government that uh, justice is not going high enough. Um, one of your former prime ministers, in fact, um, Gorevsky, he even evaded a two-year prison sentence in another case by escaping to Hungary 
Hungary, where he received political asylum. So you, you have an EU member state um, helping your former prime minister avoid prosecution in its home country. Um, no one apparently has been accountable also for, for his escape. Is the Hungarian government, for example, not taking you seriously? The Hung Hungarian government decided to help him escaping from North Macedonia and to give him uh, permits to stay in Hungary, what is by our point of view out of any international law. Uh, and of course, we go legally to find a way how to uh, bring him back to, to serve the sentence from the court. That is also very important. But a lot of ex-ministers was uh, in prison and detention, and now they're serving the sentences, even from existing government. People who are uh, close to, to this government are in front of courts, was in detention, was in prison, and they are still in prison. There is a lot of cases what confirm that the ruling of law is equal for everybody. So every, every comment can open the investigation in our country. Complete independence of anti-corruption commission is confirming all statements. Also complete independence from judicial and prosecution system. It's completely independent. And all reports by the State Department and the European Commission are annual and very precise and very concrete. All results, what we have it, there is also um, responsibility uh, by, the, by the judges. 12 judges was uh, revoked or completely uh, uh, out of, of obligation because they have wrongdoing during our mandate. But Mr. Prime Minister, I mean, you know, it is acknowledged that, that you are doing work to try and tackle this problem, but it is a massive problem, we have to say. I mean, you even have the president of the State Commission for the Prevention of Corruption in your country saying, and I'm quoting here, corruption has become a way of life in the country. Um, and you mentioned procurement earlier. Under your watch, for example, state auditors have criticized public procurement for the coronavirus supplies, saying that it lacked competitiveness, saying that for every 10 procurements related to the health crisis Last year, nine were carried out by striking direct deals with companies. Some of those deals were not even for pandemic-related items. So, I mean, how can the public be assured that you indeed are acting in their best interest and responsibly with their taxpayers' money? I mean, is this really the right message to send when indeed you are trying to ca tackle corruption in the country? No, the, the, the visibility of... Uh fighting against corruption is every day present here in North Macedonia, and that is because of all freedoms. Everybody can talk, comment, act, and to be part of the process of fighting against corruption. The main check and bodies, uh, check and, uh, uh, and controllers of, uh, of the system, like Anti-Corruption Commission, Public Audit Office, Prosecution Office, and all other controlled mechanisms are very transparent, they are acting concretely, and we follow the instructions given by these so independent bodies. So how do you bodies. respond to these allegations then from the state auditor's report, which says that the public procurement for coronavirus supplies lacked competitiveness? What is your response to that as somebody Completely who's trying to tackle corruption? We deliver to the Anti-Corruption commission, commission, to the Public uh, uh, Audit Office, completely all details necessary connecting with that. But having in mind that all countries have agreements for finding vaccines, 
finding uh, all necessary remedies for that. We follow complete uh, uh, examples what's happened in European Union countries, how to find a way uh, on time to have enough remedies for our people and to have enough vaccines for our people. And of course, we are with the cheaper prices than average European Union countries or democratic world completely. So we deliver complete documentation to the bodies who control the government, even uh, everything connecting with, with pandemia. You also have, you know, um, some other big issues which are on the horizon in the country. Um, for example, important rights and privileges, especially for minority groups, depend on the outcome of a new census. Um, in the first time in about 20 years, you, you plan to have this census. It has already been delayed, though, several times. It was supposed to take place in April. Will it happen in the fall? I believe very much because I have it also promised from the opposition in our country, that is the three biggest opposition party. We postpone it in the last moment in April because of the requirement of the opposition to take it guarantee for them that they will participate. So the whole September, it's a month for census of our country because we are one of the very rare countries who doesn't have census more than 20 years. So because of that, we believe that the census will be successful. And of course, rights of our citizens doesn't depend of the consensus because uh, there is a constitutional guarantee to our minorities for all rights, what they have it. And there is completely equal rights uh, and equal obligation of everybody. And we are very proud of that because the project, project of one society for all is very successful project. Everybody here in the region use it uh, like successful project and can be really good example from North and, Macedonia. And indeed, I mean, you, you sought to appeal to voters under this slogan, one society for all. Um, but, you know, if the census, for example, confirms that ethnic Albanians are, are less than 20 percent of the population, they could lose certain rights and privileges. Uh, are you concerned that tensions, no, no, that that tensions that might flare up? Up again, for example, documents in their own language. That is not true because the rights of uh, our citizens from Albanian ethnical groups are guaranteed by the constitution, like uh, guaranteed by the constitution to Macedonians or other smaller ethnical groups. So it uh, doesn't depend from the numbers. Uh, because uh, that is guaranteed by the, by the, by the constitution. And having that in mind, the Ohrid framework agreement was something what solved the, the, the problem between our uh, different ethnical groups and different religion groups in our country. Now, with fulfillment of Ohrid framework agreement, those days we celebrate 20 years of this agreement. All political parties are fighting for the citizens' rights. There is no rights for Macedonians, Albanians, Roma population, Turkish, Serbs, Bosniaks, or others. So really, it doesn't de depend from everybody. And of course, usage of Albanian language, like second uh, official language in our country, is completely practically in use in our country. Mr. Prime Minister, I'd like to ask you, one of the biggest problems facing uh, your country is that people are leaving. I mean, this has been acknowledged also uh, among your inner circle of, of politicians. You have citizens, um, you know, they were asked recently if young people had a good future in the country. Four out of five people said no. Is the country's future in jeopardy? I mean, how should you build the country without young people, if there's that feeling? 
Of course, one of the main fight for every country here in the southeastern Europe, also in North Macedonia, is how to keep young people to stay at home in the country and to find jobs here and to organize own life here. Because uh, we lose a lot in the last 15 years. Uh, huge migration happened from all countries here from southeastern Europe for with migration to go in the Western Europe, United States, and uh, other continents. Uh, we have very successful process, having in mind that we opened more than 100,000 jobs in the last four years here in the country. The average salary grow for 45%. The minimum salary grow for 65%. There is decreasing of unemployment from 24% to 16% in the moment. And of course, whole improvement of quality of life. It's a biggest guarantee for the young people to stay and to, to remain here in the country. The EU Western Balkan Summit is set for October 6th in Slovenia, uh, which currently has the rotating EU presidency. Its prime minister has called for your EU bid to move forward by that summit. What is your message to the international community? Uh, when they decide uh, to, to give a deserved next step for North Macedonia, let's call us. Because 16 and a half years waiting, uh, it's a too much trauma. Uh, everything what we pass through, and of course we have it, 12 positive recommendations from European Commission. We have 100% successfulness of the reform process. In the final report for the Western Balkan countries and Turkey, we are the best country with 63% of uh, improving the complete reform process in our country. And we are leaders here in the Balkans. Okay. So when they decide, we are ready. Uh, in the meantime, we will continue our Europeanization of North Macedonia. North Macedonia Prime Minister Zoran Zayev, thank you so much for joining us on Conflict Zone. Thank you for your time. Thank you.